You're listening to the official Ankeny Community School District podcast, We Are Ankeny, where we're sparking conversations about all things Ankeny schools. I think one of the most exciting things a school district can do outside of successfully graduating students is opening a new school building. Abbey Grove Elementary will be the 11th elementary school in the Ankeny School District beginning in the 24-25 school year. Today, my guests are not just involved, but they are up to their necks in making sure Abbey Grove is student ready and teacher ready and open for the 24-25 school year. We have Andrew Berg, the current principal at East Elementary and next year's principal of Abbey Grove Elementary. We also have Tara Owen, the executive director of elementary schools. And we have a special guest invited today, Carissa Thompson. Carissa is the district level K-5 teacher librarian serving our elementary libraries by supporting library staff, teachers, and students with literature, research, and technology. We're all here to give you an inside look at Abby Grove's journey from just three of the many passionate individuals working tirelessly to open Abby Grove Elementary in the fall of 2024. Welcome to the three of you. Thank you, Dr. Pruitt. Really glad to have you here. So, Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Um, I'm really excited to have you here today and, you know, really have been impressed with your work um, at, at East Elementary with your staff and students and even more excited about the, the work that you're going to be doing at Abbey Grove beginning next year. And so could you share a bit about your experience in education and your journey um, in education that led you to Ankeny Community School District and East Elementary and that what prompted you to want to take on this challenge of opening up a new elementary school? Yeah, thank you, Dr. Pruitt. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, this is exciting. Uh, and this will be hopefully reaching a lot of parents that I haven't yet uh, met. And so just kind of foundationally, uh, my wife and I grew up in uh, Northeast Iowa and Decorah. Um, my wife's a teacher in Ankeny as well right now. Um, I started out and received my undergraduate degree from the University of Iowa and went on um, to get my first teaching job uh, within the Des Moines Public Schools. I wanted to be closer to an urban area and started off as a, um, a building level instructional math coach, I suppose you could call it these days. It was different um, at that time, but uh, a building level instructional coach in the area of math, um, then went on to do a similar position at the district level. So I was a district level um, coach in the area of mathematics. I also um, was a classroom teacher for the Des Moines Public Schools and um, what was called the Dean of Students then, but essentially is our assistant principals now. and. Uh, finished the last five years in Des Moines um, as the principal at one of their elementary schools um, before making a transition. Um, love the experiences um, that I've had, and they really help shape kind of who you are as an individual, and, and those were foundational to me. Um, we have, my wife and I have one son, and when he was um, getting ready to start uh, kindergarten, uh, we had the opportunity to make a decision to come to at least put our name in or put my name in to come to uh, Ankeny. So when he started kindergarten at one of the Ankeny Elementary Schools, I was hired as the principal at East Elementary. And so the transition was perfect uh, for the two of us. And um, so that's where things kind of began uh, with my with my journey um, at Ankeny. So that's been nine years 
um, as of as of this year that have been uh, for uh, the principal at East at, at East Elementary. Um, yeah, so that's kind of uh, yeah. historically where where I was and um, where we're at today. Yeah, so I, I get asked this question all the time as far as you know, you know, why would you want to be a superintendent, right? And so and so I, I'll, I'll put it on you. You know, what what makes you want to come to work every day as the principal of, uh, of East? Yeah, um, just foundationally, and this is like authentic and genuine. I, I'll say this and I mean it. Like I love the people that I work with. I love the teachers. I love the students. I love the parents. They work hard. They are kind. They're respectful. They're responsible, professional. Like um, they're just solid people. And that's, you know, that's one school. And I know that's representative of, you know, all of our Ankeny elementaries. But, you know, what really is most satisfying for me um, over this, you know, these past couple decades is when I um, have the opportunity to work with teachers that take a chance um, to be creative, to be innovative, to do something different. Um, and they really pour their kind of their heart, their soul, and they fail. And they know that that's okay. Um, and we learn from it and um, we grow and we try new and better things to, to, to help each other, one, collectively, um, but most importantly, uh, help help and improve, you know, the growth of our students. So yeah. seeing teachers really take chances, work hard, be dedicated authentically, like truly and sincerely to the benefit of our kids is what um, is most satisfying for me. Wow. Yeah. So just having people that are dedicated to their profession that want to get better, sounds like it's just really important to you and, you know, what, what keeps you motivated with uh, supporting staff and students at East. Completely. Um, and uh, not that, you know, anybody's necessarily lucky in the profession because it, it takes hard work and right. being strategic and intelligent, um, but also flexible and open-minded. I think, you know, the way that you, um, you know, the way that you conduct yourself um, is reflected in the way that staff also um, conduct themselves and then also for students and, and for parents. And so I think just being very mindful that, um, you know, I tell my son about every day, everybody's different, dude, right. like everybody's different. And that's important to honor that and value that and understand the why behind it. And then we can take advantage of the strengths and the interests of the, the differences and to help make us stronger. And then one more question before we move on to our, our other guests. Nine years at East, that's a lot of relationships, a lot of time, a lot of students you've seen come through East that, you know, you've sent on to to middle school. You know, what made Abbey Grove attractive to you? And, you know, know, what would you tell um, our Abbey Grove parents uh, what they can expect from you? Yeah, so um, loaded questions, but really, really good. (laughs) Um, I I would say foundationally, you know, as a person, one thing I've learned about myself over the years, having multiple positions is that I'm a district-minded, like a system-minded person. Um, If we work in isolation, uh, we're kind of working against each other. And so, you know, the natural evolution of of a community like Ankeny is that you're opening up new schools and new buildings, and that's exciting and motivating and interesting interesting, um, but also super challenging. Um, and so thinking kind of beyond yourself back to, I love who I work with, like they're great yeah. people. Um, and to take what I've learned with and from them, uh, to help start something, um, you know, new and different for Ankeny is exciting, motivating, um, a bit stressful at times, yes. but, um, it's, it's for the benefit again of the system and the community. And so that's really what is most impactful 
for me in terms of my why with this. Yeah, yeah. And so, Carissa, as the district level teacher librarian, you know, one of the things that we're doing um, uh, with Abbey Grove is, in addition to um, desk, chairs, all the materials that um, our our students and teachers will need, uh, another probably most one of the most vital things that we're going to be doing is looking at uh, stocking that li- library at Abbey Grove. And so can, can you share with our audience um, and provide them some insight into your role and how um, you will be supporting Abbey Grove as uh, um, we get that school started next year? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I wear a lot of different hats as a librarian, but also in particular in the fact that I support 10 elementary schools right now, soon to be 11, and I'm actually doing some work with our preschool as well. Um, and so for me, it, once we get going, they'll see me in a supportive role in many different ways as far as I'm often in doing, um, well, I have been in doing book talks and read alouds, and I come in and teachers reach out to me about um, books to utilize for different types of lessons or trying to find a just right list for their kids. I get contacted frequently for many different things. Um, But the big part for Abbey Grove right now is focusing on that collection management of um, getting the right books in there for our kids. Um, Because of my work within the district, I often am running collection analysis, looking at data of all of our different libraries um, as an individual and then also across the district. So I can look at the collections in many different ways and um, I can, I'm frequently researching and looking at different trends we have and student interests. Um, Whenever we have curriculum and new curriculum coming, I've frequently been involved on those curriculum advisory teams um, to make sure that our library supports that curriculum. Um, When we were doing computer science, I was on that advisory team and we got, I ended up curating a list of books that we got for our libraries, both digital and in print. We got some um, different robotics in for our maker spaces and for our media teachers to use and teachers can check them out. So it's you know, even a lot more than the books, but we want to support the curriculum. And then probably more importantly, I really want to support the reading lives of those students that come in there. So we will have books that support curriculum, but we are also going to try to get all the stuff that they love and want to have in there um, because that's what grows our readers. It helps them emotionally and socially. It motivates them to learn more and, um, that collection takes a lot of work and a lot of looking into. And um, I've just been trying to stay current on everything and am looking and analyzing the list in many ways. I'm still working on it. <laughs> right, right. So you, you mentioned reading. And so I've, I've got to ask this question, Carissa. Why is reading so important to you? And how does that impact a child's life? Well, I think... I kind of mentioned with reading, when kids love to read, they are motivated to learn in other areas as well. And when you have your own natural curiosities about things, one of the first things you do, I think, is you go to look up more information about it. You want to learn more, whether it's in, um, you know, looking something up online or you're wanting to find books on the topic. I feel like 
Um, when it comes to learning, our kids use a combination of digital and print resources for research. But when it comes to just learning about something they're interested in, it usually comes back to print, at least with our elementary kids. They're very tactile. They love to have the books with the information and the pictures and the grosser and weirder, the better. Right. And, um, you know, hey, it's good you have books on this famous person, but do you have anything on, you know, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, which is please coming no. out? No, on no more Travis Kelsey. I know. <laughs> Taylor Swift, please, no. I know. I know. It kills me. And that just proves that I also purchase books that I don't even care about, but I get them for the kids because right. they love it. Yeah, so, I guess if you have to. Um, you I just think it takes it, it. It moves them and it's it's important for them to read a variety of things to even interact with their world and it prepares them for their world as they go out and that's why it's important to me that we have a variety of literature available for them absolutely so in our in our district i've been really impressed about our investment in technology um, across um, uh, um, our, our schools and here at the district office can you share how our library and technology resources are integrated um, to enhance the learning experience of our students um, and support our teachers yeah um well, like I said, when we were working on computer science, we were adding a lot of that into there. Our digital learning teachers who teach our media classes um, are a big uh, proponent of that. We collaborate. I work with them um, very closely. We make sure that we have curated all sorts of things from books to digital tools. Um, we have a nice partnership with our Heartland Area Education Agency. They provide a lot of databases um, that our teachers and students use to continue their research. Um, we have most of our buildings have some sort of robotics and makerspace, and all of it just kind of ties together and is constantly being used. And teachers can come to our library staff, and they frequently do come to our library staff asking um, for books on certain topics or needing um, additional support. We also do interlibrary loan throughout our district. So if we have a school that doesn't have a certain book or resource, we can borrow it from another. So we can kind of make um, our libraries bigger that way. But um, everything. Right now I'm on our English Learning Arts curriculum leadership team and um, because of that and our learning we've been doing around the science of reading where I'm looking at adding more decodables to our libraries. Right. Um, so we're just, we have our hand in everything in the library. Um, we support in many different ways. Uh, I feel like our libraries are really kind of the heart of the school because when it comes right back to it, it always comes back to the library and our library staff supporting whether it's something you want to read or whether it's something you have to read, right. um, everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so Tara, I haven't forgotten about you. Um, you're the executive director of elementary schools. Can you tell our audience what that role entails and how you actually support um, Andrew and his colleagues as principals in our schools. Yeah, I uh, feel very lucky to be able to work with Andrew and all of the principals we have in our district. Um, so as you were saying, we have 10 buildings and uh, we have a preschool center. And I'm I'm in the buildings, uh, walking alongside the principals, thinking through the lens of all things elementary. Um, also thinking through the lens of the Carissas, um, the things in operations and transportation and curriculum, and helping uh, the principals connect all the dots that we have to the amazing teams that are um, working for our elementary schools. 
And then uh, through the leadership lens, um, being a partner with the principals uh, through some of the celebrations, some of the the things that are a little bit harder, um, and ensuring that every student walks through the doors of an Ankeny Elementary and has just a, a great experience. Yeah. So um, I hear a little bit of operations, a little bit of uh, budgeting support. Uh, I hear um, communications with our students and our parents. Um, but um, in in your current role, what would you say your bottom line is uh, with regards to all this work you're engaged in with principals in uh, these uh, 11 schools that, that we have? What's your bottom line? You know, what what do you want to achieve by uh, years in um, when you're you know talking to parents or talking to our community around what your work entails? Oh, I, every single student comes to an Ankeny school. They um, feel heard. They feel valued. They know they can be successful. They leave us ready to tackle the world that we have in in front of them. So. Um, my bottom line is every single student walks through our doors and leaves being, feeling, and knowing they're successful. Thank you. Thank you. And so I know that you've been on um, the ground floor with regards to planning and preparing for the opening of Abbey Grove. And so how does your role fit into this broader vision uh, for elementary education um, in in the district as, as we continue to grow? How many times a day do we talk, Andrew? Well, that's what I was thinking about. I think I apologized to you at least three no, times this week, and it's only Tuesday about me dominating your time with the response uh, that you never dominate my time. No, Sorry. I feel very lucky. I never want a principal to feel like they have to open a building by themselves. Um, there, there are so many moving pieces, and there are so many people working toward that common goal of opening on day one with an amazing experience for our kids. But with that being said, there's so much that falls on a principal's shoulders. So my role I see as, okay, Andrew, what are we missing? What do we need to make sure that we're seeing through the lens that maybe um, an isolated department doesn't see? Because we're, the, we're supporting the end users, which are our students. Um, I also think what's great is uh, I walk into every single elementary building weekly, and each building has a unique sense of pride um, that makes – that building, that building, whether it's Northeast, Southeast, Heritage. Um, and I, I hope Andrew um, feels supported in what makes Abbey Grove, Abbey Grove. Yeah. What are we going to be able to walk through those doors and say, yeah, th- th- this this is what Abbey Grove's about. And so being able to um, support, um, think along with, and um, just tackle the hard journey of opening a building, but it's exciting. She's really good at keeping me grounded, too. So when I come up with maybe some ideas that maybe won't pragmatically make sense, yeah. she's, she's good at uh, putting her foot down a little bit. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> Go what's, slow. What, what's great about opening a, a brand new building is that you basically have a blank slate. Mm-hmm. You know, e- even though um, our, our schools are very similar, mm-hmm. they're different. And what I've and I've talked to uh, Andrew about this. Um, I, I've been able to visit Abbey Grove uh, while, while it's under construction, and mm-hmm. um, standing in. I'm kind of jealous, you know, st- standing um, at the entry doors and looking north mm-hmm. um, at that at that field, looking at the architecture, and then just visualizing students being dropped off 
buses um, coming in front of the uh, of of the building, mm-hmm. teachers coming into the building, and so I, I, that, that makes me a little jealous because you're starting with a blank slate, and Abbey Grove is going to end up developing into something different from our our other elementary schools and so what is your vision for the school and how do you plan to create a unique and positive learning environment for for your students and for a working uh, environment for um, your staff yeah so you know you painted a good visual there um you know for for the listeners for sure and you know first you know things and stuff you know they're important but you know i've made comments to current staff and past staffs many times, you know, it's not about that foundationally, you know, those things are important, but it's about who you have in your building. It's about the dispositions of staff members. It's about how you care about, you know, it's all the intangibles that, that really make the culture and the climate of a school. Um, so while, um, you know, every building is different, they have different things, they're set up different, uh, you know, foundationally is it's truly about how we conduct ourselves as adults. Um, in terms of like visioning down, down the road, um, what I've, you know, one of the things that I found to be most powerful in terms of promoting um, and supporting self-efficacy among individual teachers and really collective efficacy among the entire staff, like we can do this together, is this cadence of opportunities for professional learning. And so while that doesn't come out to me, maybe sound really I don't know. Can I say sexy on there? Um, it's it's really important. <laughs> you just did. I know I did, right? So I was also told you can edit this, but um, it, really, it is. It's about this idea of how can we provide access to learning for adults over time um, that ground you in this idea that we need to continue to learn and better ourselves as adults because our job is to do the same for our kids. And how can we do that in creative, innovative ways that may be, um, maybe, maybe different from other schools, may not be different, but that would be um, the, kind of the characteristic of who we are. Um, and it's, it's, you know, the hope is, is that it's self-directed and co-authored and initiated by staff. This is who we want to be. And it's just, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, right? Absolutely. Um, so I think just in terms of visioning this, this idea of we are going to continue to grow and you can trust that um, that's a responsibility that we're going to take seriously. Absolutely. So, Carissa, you've been with the district for 18 years. Yes, I think it's my 18th year. So, so 17 plus. <laughs> I don't know. After yeah. a certain point in time, it all just blurs together. So you Absolutely. might have to, you know, correct me on that. So, you know, with that comes a lot of historical knowledge about our district, about the people, about our community. Um, and so I'm really interested in your perspective because this is not your first new building that you're opening it is uh, not, for no. the district. And so I, and, and I know that you've seen us um, change over time and approach this work in different ways. And so when we think about the resources that Abbey Grove uh, will be receiving, you know, for our library, can you talk to our listeners about where those resources come from, you know, how they're looked at and how those um, resources are, how do we, how do we determine uh, what resources that we, we bring into our libraries? Um, well, we, we started with some bidding with some vendors, um, trying to get us the best possible pricing with the best possible service. Um, a vendor was chosen, so we are um, going with um, Mackin Educational Resources. They're kind of um, 
they're a service that has access to thousands of publishers, um, and they have access to both print, digital, makerspace items. Um, we, since we now know the vendor that we're working with, um, the way it has changed in the past is I do believe as buildings were opened and libraries were opened, it was pretty much um, deciding a vendor and we, in the past, let the vendor choose the books in our library. And I will say the vendor has already given me kind of a pre-list and it's very generic. Um, I think our district is now very fortunate, um, not to brag on myself, but to have a librarian. <laughs> brag away, brag away. <laughs> um, and so, you know, when I go through the list, I'm combing through it and sorting it in many different ways. And I'm like, nope, nope, we're not reading. The kids aren't going to want this book. It's going to sit on the shelf. I don't want to spend our money on that book. We need to add this in this book. And I'm going through and making those changes that a vendor could never do because it is about knowing your community and knowing your community needs, knowing our curriculum, knowing our district initiatives, and no vendor could ever know that. So for us to be able to have a librarian who actually is looking through that and trying to make it the best it can be. I think that was a huge um, positive step for our district to go in that route for in this case. Yeah. And so, again, not to harp on the, the, the number of the years of service um, that you, you've provided to, to, the, to our families here in Ankeny, but you've seen a lot of changes in technology and around, around how we use technology in education, iPads, Chromebooks, laptops, desktops. We, you know, we, we've seen it all change and evolve over time. And so how have you approached striking that balance between how we use technology and then having the physical book that kids can access? Well, technology is really a tool as far as, I mean, it's no different than having a pencil, but it's more complex. It's a huge uh, method for us to learn. Um, it's definitely way better. Yes, when I started in Ankeny, I started at Southeast and I actually had a projector and I remember uh. having to have a projector person <laughs> who helped clean off the projector uh. film and all that stuff. And then we fought over our first document camera when we got to pilot document cameras. Elmo's, in our huh? Oh yes, the famous Elmo. And, um, you know, something our district has done um, now is to streamline that to provide equity amongst our schools. So there are certain things that, you know, Abbey Grove will be equipped with um, automatically that other schools when they open, you know, previous years weren't. Um, one of the great things that another technology tool that I think people don't think about is our accessibility tools um, with every school classroom being equipped with speakers um, yep. and microphones. Like, I, I, people don't think about that, but that really is huge. Even myself, I've gone to a conference. I'm like, just use the microphone. Like, I'm getting old. I can't hear. <laughs> you know, like, it, it's an accessibility factor. Um, whether, you know, some areas, uh, different departments have used more of iPads because that's what their students need. Um, now that we've got one-to-one -one Chromebooks, it is a device in creating um, equity amongst everybody. Every student now has a Chromebook. Um, and there's so many tools within that that can be used. I think it's been a struggle in our teaching as far as um, not 
trying to, oh, this is a cool tool. I'm just going to try to use it. But instead, you know, we're thinking about how the tool can enhance our lesson and take our lesson to a place that it wasn't able to before. And so um, people think you don't need library books because everybody's on technology now. Well, that's not necessarily true. We use technology to accomplish a lot of things, but we still and especially at our elementary age, they still love to have a book in their hand. And a lot of times our research is they're getting a book, but they're also backing it up with some technology tools and internet tools and databases. Um, it's a combination now. It's not that we're choosing one or over the other. They just are a perfect marriage and they enhance everything our kids are able to learn and do. Absolutely. So I, I can attest that elementary children love to have physical books because every time I go to the school for conferences, um, my children take me to the library to purchase <laughs> books <laughs> for them. So I, I, yes. I can definitely attest to that. And so, Terry, you know, you talked about um, how you support um, and work with our, our principals. One of the things that I would want to know if I was a parent and I am a parent in the district is, how do you, with Andrew uh, starting a, a new school, how will how do you foster collaboration uh, amongst principals to ensure that he's not a, not on an island by himself and that he's not attempting to recreate the wheel around opening a new school? Yeah, collaboration. I feel yeah, our team collaborates. They collaborate often. Um, and one of the things I think is that constant communication around what's happening not only in Abbey Grove, but how is that impact possibly on an Ashland Ridge, um, where we know the boundary of Abbey Grove is is definitely impacting that school also. Uh, so thinking through the lens of protecting time, we come together uh, weekly as a team. Um, and it, Abbey Grove has been a standing agenda item where we wrap back around, okay, here's some of the things that we're looking um, to do next, whether it's hiring, whether it's purchasing, um, and having the other principals be thought partners alongside Andrew. Um, also recognizing, okay, if we're if we know that there's going to be uh, staff that will be going to Abbey Grove, how can we ensure that we're not only um, recognizing the staffing that's going to take place at Abbey Grove, but the current staffing remaining at the school that we're in? Um, and so those conversations not only happen with the principals, but also with the staff that are within the buildings to make sure their voices are heard too. So communication, transparency, um, listening uh, as far as ideas, and then just just really making sure that uh, no one is um, caught by surprise. Yep. And so speaking of staffing, Andrew, uh, wh where are we at with staffing Abbey Grove at this point? Yeah, great question. Um, I feel that we are doing, you know, we're in good shape in terms of a kind of a predictive model and uh, of when we were going to have certain staff members hired. And so we put that out on the front end, not knowing exactly how um, it would go, just an estimated timetable. And we've kept to that pretty, pretty well. Um, so to date, I believe that there are 10 officially hired school board approved <laughs> Abbey Grove staff members, which include a range from instructional coach, office manager, to assistant principal, to our specials teams, um, to social worker. So um, in total, I believe the number is currently 10, and very soon we'll be posting for additional positions um, that will kind of bleed into classroom, general education classroom, and some special education um, 
Yeah, very soon. Terry, do we uh, do we have not, uh, a timeline for when we'll begin advertising those classroom positions um, for Abbey Grove? December first. December 1st. So December first will be our first round, where not only are we looking for um, the general education and special education teachers, but pairing that with that instructional leadership team. So. Uh, yeah, I want to come to Abbey Grove, but I also am interested in some of those leadership positions. Uh, that's that core team we want to um, hire earliest, um, mm-hmm. just so we can make sure they have some decision-making um, powers. And that's when I think about Andrew as a leader. He spoke to it a little bit, but um, hearing um, the voices of which um, are the people that he works alongside is important, and that's mm-hmm. going to be important as we grow Abbey Grove um, toward that first day of school. Absolutely. And so I, I know that our, our parents that um, have children that will be attending Abbey Grove are excited about um, opening the new school with mm-hmm. you. And so, you know, how um, are you planning on engaging uh, the community and parents to build those strong relationships um, um, and sense of belonging um, to Abbey Grove mm-hmm. with that community? Yeah, good question. Uh, and I think my answer to this several years ago would have been more of a talking point than like sincere, <laughs> genuine, authentic response. But I truly believe in the power and the importance of a partnership or the partnerships between family and school. Yeah, you know, parents, guardians, grandparents, they know their children, um, you know, in a way that a staff member can't. And so it's, it's, it's important to have conversations and dialogue among staff members with the intent to truly understand um, the uniqueness of individual students. We are, we have to be a partner and it comes down foundationally to trust and trust takes time. And so I would just ask for some level of grace um, in, in the short term, knowing that Working hard, being kind is very important um, to me and, 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 you know, our staff member, all Ankeny staff members. And, you know, you, you build trust, trust over the long haul. So just know that when we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. Um, and that your, your vested interest in your, you know, your own, your own children is extremely important to us. Um, and we, lo- you know, we walk alongside each other when we're making decisions. So um, that's kind of an overall philosophy. And then undoubtedly, there's, you know, an infinite number of opportunities that come through and, you know, certain organizations, committees like PTO and so forth. Uh, because as you said before, it is a blank canvas. And so right. there's a lot that uh, we have opportunities to kind of support um, throughout the building. And that will just come through time. But foundationally, it's just... Um, very important that I continue to say that trust and relationships and partnerships are um, a necessity. Okay. When when should parents expect to begin to receive communication about Abbey Grove? I would guess right around spring break. So um, around March. Yes, March. Yep. Before going in, our goal would be just to start um, informing them about some of those early steps and opportunities that they'll have as that year wraps up. Yeah, so I know that it's going to be really important for all of our families to make sure that um, when registration opens in February, that we register, um, you register your children as soon as possible. That way, um, Principal Berg has an accurate count of who the families are that are coming to Abbey Grove. That way we can get those communications to you in a a timely manner. And uh, Carissa, you talked about... um, uh, yourself being a resource to our librarians and schools um, across the district because you're serving uh, all of our elementary schools and our our pre-k center and so how do you ensure or work towards collaborating 
and how do you see them using you as a resource um, uh, in, in our district? Um, as far as with our families or F with families or for for staff? Um, well, I do currently I collaborate with our staff um, as far as I do have a way that they can communicate with me book wish list type mm. things and purchases and needs. I have also had parents individually email me before asking me for certain books for their kids or asking if I had considered adding certain topics. Um, I think it's important to listen to everybody involved. We're all part of the same community, and I want all of our kids to be able to walk into our library and be a part of our library services in a way um, that they know they belong. And I'm hoping that they all will walk in finding something that they can relate to and is just perfect for them. And um, my phone or door or whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> virtually, physically, uh, always open. And I'm always willing to listen to teachers and students and parents. And I've had even some kids reach out to me. And, or now we're getting to the point I walk in a library and they're like, hey, are you going to get <laughs> such and such book? There's, you know, certain ones have figured that out. Mm, so right. um, I'm just always keeping the communications open. And I also do try to send out some newsletters, letting people know of our digital resources available to them, yeah. um, as well as what's available in our libraries. So, And so, uh, Andrew, I'm going to give you the final word. Um, before we, we close today, you know, for our uh, students uh, and parents that will be uh, at Abbey Grove next year, you know, what's one or two things that you would want to relate to them around why they should be excited about coming to Abbey Grove next fall? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, one thing for sure is that there is um, an emphasis placed on collective agreements, visioning, um, strategic initiatives as a district. And so while it's it, it, it's interesting to be unique and different from other you know schools, this is a system, right? right? And we have some amazing things that happen across the board for you know the Ankeny schools. Um, and so having faith and trust that we will continue with the, you know, the incredible work that's being done right now um, across all schools, just with, uh, you know, different staff members. And so um, I think that's foundationally important. I think secondarily is uh, I'm a. I'm high in autonomy, so I like to make decisions. I like to be creative. I like to be innovative. I think that's fun. It's exciting. I think it motivates people. Um, that doesn't mean trying to be different for different sake, but right. um, what are we doing that works and what are we not doing um, that we need to consider? And I think being able to, um, y you know, get uh, staff in a in the system and focus on um, emphasizing that belief and that philosophy makes every day an opportunity. Um, and, you know, we have the ability to um, impact kids for the rest of their, their lives. And that's an extremely important and honorable opportunity. And, and I, I say that with sincerity when, you know, the goal is that every staff member loves and cares for their children. And so when you send them through our doors, you can have confidence that you're going to have your child in a supportive environment. Um, that is also um, exciting and motivating and interesting and unique and curious. Um, so I think, you know, kind of the both ends of that spectrum um, is what I'm excited about um, working with a staff to, to create for, for Abbey Grove. That's great. And so I, I like to thank 
all three of our guests for joining me today and sharing your excitement about educating kids here in Ankeny Community School District and giving a peek behind some of the planning that's taking place um, with opening, preparing to open Abbey Grove Elementary in the fall of 2024. One of the exciting things about the Ankeny School District is our facility planning. We have several podcasts available with, with guest experts sharing information about how Ankeny Schools finances, maintains current buildings, and looks to the future. Join me on our next episode of We Are Ankeny. We are Ankeny. Thank you for listening to the We Are Ankeny podcast, the official podcast of Ankeny Community Schools.